then he and then Jesus walked on. Then Jesus encountered his uh the leper, a leper. By the way, I'm not necessarily going in order, and, and you can thank me for not trying to do all of them in the Bible because we'd be here all day long, right? So anyway, so he met this leper. Now these lepers, they're, um, they're, they got some serious disease going on here, and they have to walk around hollering out, unclean, unclean, so nobody would come close to them. So you can see how isolated they were from society because they, they went around announcing their disease and nobody would go up and talk to them or touch them or, or do anything. But Jesus walked up and, and talked to the person, talked to that man. He touched that man, which was totally out of line for, for someone to touch him. But when Jesus walked away, that man was not a leper anymore. I guess I better continue my... <clears throat> Then, then Jesus got off road and got on a boat and went across to uh, the Gerasenes. And there he met what I would like to call a Gerasene gangster. So he was, uh, this guy was, uh, he, he was, he was a, a, a tough, tough guy. He, he had a gang of about a thousand and they were all inside of him. They couldn't arrest him because he kept breaking the chains and throwing the chains off. Anybody that come around his turf, he beat them up. So Jesus goes in there and he he attacks the he he attacks the the gang right. He he uh, gets rid of the gang and and there then he's left with the guy. The guy no longer has the gang inside of him. Uh, the guy was very appreciative, and he wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to just be with Jesus for the rest of his life. And Jesus said, no, what you need to do is you need to go to the people in your community, and you need to talk to them and tell them what's, what, what great things have happened to you and how you've been delivered from this, And which he did, and the people in that uh, community were amazed because they'd seen this guy before. So then he, so then as as he continues his walk, he's walking through town, and a big crowd of people, you know, and people are pressing him from all sides. And uh, this poor woman who had been probably like abused by doctors in trying trying to be, treat her for this for this hemorrhaging that was going on. Um, she just, she just, her one desire in life was just to be healed, to be relieved of this. And Jesus was there, and she had heard about him, and she thought, if I can just creep up here and touch the hem of his robe, I can be healed. She believed that. So she did that. And Jesus noticed her. He noticed her. Jesus noticed people who were in pain and suffering and, and had, had problems in their life. And he turned around and he said, Who touched me? Who touched my robe? And she probably, maybe a little scared, maybe thinking, Well, did I do something wrong? And she, she said, I did. And, and he said, Your faith has made you heal. So she walked away from there. She never had to go see another doctor for that, at least for that disease, ever again. So then, so then Jesus encounters 
uh, a Gentile woman. Now, now, Jews don't associate with Gentiles. They're from the other side of the tracks, right, in the Jews' uh, opinion. Like, they, they're not good enough to, be, to, be, to associate with. But Jesus walks up to a Gentile woman. The woman says, my, my daughter needs to be healed. And Jesus, he kind of calls her a dog. He said, Rita, throw food to the dogs. And she said, but Lord, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs off the table. Jesus was amazed at that kind of faith. And so he said, your, your daughter is healed. Then Jesus uh, goes up to children. Now, we all know what children, um, we all know how, jo- how God feels about children. Um, God, when, when, he, when he was addressing the children, when he was, I don't know, playing with them, he was, uh, he was noticing the children. And some people weren't too happy about that. And they thought, well, y'all, y'all, these kids, y'all, they ought to be seen and not heard. You know, have you ever heard that one? And I kind of grew up with that one. Uh, and Jesus said, look, these children, you, oughta, you better pay attention to them because they are what the kingdom of heaven is made up of. Unless you have the humility of a little child, you won't, get into, you won't make it to heaven. That's what he's saying. We have to re- reduce ourselves and reduce our ego to get down on a child's level when we, when we are approached when we approach the throne. Get down on a child's level because that's what Jesus is looking for. He's not looking for our pride and everything. So he so so Jesus said these are these are the kids that he said, now watch out because if you hurt one of these children, if you do damage to one of these children, it be, it would be better for you if you would just tie a, a thousand pound stone around your head, uh, neck and throw yourself into the river. So, so we, we should be very careful how we, not just how we treat children, but what it is that we're teaching children. So, we, so there's more to it than just how we treat them. We need to be aware and we need to think about the things that we're teaching because if we lead children astray, that's harming a child. So, so then Jesus goes uh, to a fellow uh, a tax man. Now, you know, some of us probably think you can't save a tax man, but, uh, but evidently you can because uh, Zacchaeus, he, he, was, he really wanted to see, he, he climbed up in a tree just so he could see Jesus, and Jesus noticed him. Jesus spoke to him. Jesus addressed him and engaged Zacchaeus in conversation. And then he said to Zacchaeus, I want to come eat at your house. And Zacchaeus, I mean, has any, you know, did any of the, of the uh, uh, religious authorities, had they ever asked Zacchaeus to eat it at their house or eat at his house? I doubt it. So, so Jesus went and he ate at Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus got saved that night because Jesus noticed him, because Jesus was there to engage him in conversation, because Jesus didn't think he was below 
are, are too good, too good, or didn't think that Zacchaeus was too uh, unworthy to be, to be noticed by the Son of God. And that touched Zacchaeus' heart. And Zacchaeus vowed to make it right, make his, uh, you know, give away a, a fourth of his, what he owned and everything, and, and sort of financially try to make it right because inside he must have actually really, truly repented. And then, and then we've heard the, about when Jesus was, uh, had some people had brought uh, an adulterous woman to him, been caught in the act. And so and they said, well, what do you do with this woman? Like the Bible, like the Old Testament says, we need to stone her, right? And they said, well, what do you think? So Jesus is kind of quiet. He kind of, you know, bends down, kind of doodles in the dirt. And, uh, and, and what happens is Jesus says, uh, it's kind of the old saying, you know, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. All those people lived in glass houses. And Jesus uh, made this clear to them because he said, if you don't have any sin then you can start throwing rocks. And I always think it's interesting that the ones who left first were the old ones. <laughs> the older ones left first. And I understand that because I'm a little older and, uh, and I realize, wow, I, I've done so many things wrong that I don't feel like, I, you know, that I need to be a rock thrower. And, and so then the people started because these people were, well, I guess you might say they were hypocrites trying to uh, accuse and condemn a person who had sinned and they had all sinned too. So do we want to do that? That doesn't seem like a, a safe thing to do. So then, then Jesus drops off into a temple, goes into the temple and he's watching people giving their... Uh, I'm really grateful that you're, <laughs> that you're paying attention to this more than I am. Um, so he goes into the temple, and uh, he's watching people giving their money. And I'm just picturing this, you know, uh, here's people throwing, putting in sacks of gold, right? And here's this lady has a penny. She goes up, puts a penny in there. Jesus noticed that, he, that she had put that penny, penny in there. And he tells him, he said, you know, Y'all all might think that the people that are putting in the big, big bags of gold are more righteous, but that lady right there put that penny in, she put in more than all of them put together because that was all she had. She gave all she had in that little penny. And Jesus noticed that because Jesus looks at the heart and he looks at, at the circumstances of people and he, and he understands when they give how much they're giving because he knows the heart. He knows their, their bank account. He knows everything, but he knows their heart. Now, there's, now we're going to get into like the most heartbreaking part of Jesus' walk. So Jesus is walking to Jerusalem. And wow, he, he got a parade, right? People were, were throwing down palm leaves and they're just paving the way and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And it looks like, wow, he's a, he's a hero. 
He's coming into town, and he's a hero. And, and everybody, and I wonder, I wonder how many of those people were later in the crowds that were condemning Jesus. I, I hope none, but I, but I wonder. But he, but he comes into town riding on a, on a, on a donkey, and he's, and he's treated with great acclaim. But that, but that didn't last very long, did it? Jesus had a, a stopover in, the, in a garden. And, and he was in there alone and he was... No, he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be taking a, a long walk down a very terrible path. But he knew it, and he sat down, and he talked to his father. And he, he said, I don't want to do this, but not my will, but thy will be done. So then, so then we, we see Jesus walking down, uh, it's been called the Via Dolorosa, the avenue, what I want to call it, is the avenue of pain. He had one guy who took the cross, the burden off of him, but that guy didn't take the, that cross off of him because he was sympathetic. He was forced to take the cross and carry the cross for Jesus because Jesus was in tremendous pain. He'd been beaten, tortured, abused, like, so think about this. So all the people that Jesus has met up to now, all those people had pain. They had suffering. They, they had lives that were, were not good, not good, but Jesus is about to take a walk in which he's experiencing all the pain that they have experienced in their lives and more. Because what he took as he walked down that avenue, as he made his way to the cross, was all of their pain and suffering, all their guilt, all of my guilt, and all of your guilt. And anyone in the world who, who will come to him for forgiveness. He carried all of that down that walk and as he was hanging on the cross, I mean, I guess you could look up, you were a bystander there, and you looked up and you would think, that's the last walk he's ever going to do. He's done with his walk. But he was not done with his walk. Because he had another walk. He walked from the tomb to the hill after they had killed him and he rose from the dead and he walked out of the tomb in defiance of Satan, in defiance of everything and, and he walked and he took a big step from there to heaven and there he sits at the right hand of God Almighty and he is advocating for me and for you and for everyone else. That's a, that, that's a pretty amazing walk to me. I think that's, 
I, that, so, so exactly, so what are we seeing here? When you look at all of that that I just, that I just spoke about, what, what is it that we're seeing? For one thing, I think no one is beyond redemption. If we just stop and, and see them, I mean, as the church, as the body of Christ, if we just take the time to stop and to engage people and to realize that all people are everywhere, they're in pain of some sort, especially those who are lost. They're filled with pain even though they might not realize it. But they are. And, and, it's, and it's us, it's the body of Christ that is supposed to engage those people and talk to them and love them and care for them like Jesus did. And you know what that's actually called? Um, that's actually called, I, I realized this as I was doing this study, that's called justice. Now let me explain why it's called justice. Because God is the, is the author of justice and Satan is the author of injustice. And what God, what Jesus did was he attacked the injustice that Satan had brought on the world. He attacked it. And when he attacked it, he made it right. He took that injustice and he made it right. That's what God, that's what God does. That's what Jesus does for us. Is he takes the injustice of, a, of Satan's attacks on us and he makes it right. So there's a, I, w- I want to read this uh, uh, scripture out of the book of Job. And in this scripture, there, uh, there's two words for justice in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, two he- Hebrew words for justice. And um, I'll try to, uh, Sudoku and Mishpat. And uh, I'm going to read this, and I want you to see if this sounds familiar to, to you. It's Job 29, I don't have a a deal for this one, but it's Job 29, verses 12 through 17. Here's what it says. For I assisted the poor in their need, and the orphans who required help. I helped those without hope, and they blessed me. And I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Everything I did was honest. Righteousness covered me like a robe, and I wore justice like a turban. I served as the eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. I was a father to the poor and assisted strangers who needed help. I broke the jaws of godless oppressors and plucked their victims from their teeth. Does this not sound like exactly what Jesus was doing on his walk through on this earth? It's almost verbatim. If you, if you look at that, it's almost verbatim what Jesus was doing as he encountered every one of those people that I just mentioned. And there are many, many more, as you know, that I didn't mention, but that fall into that category. So, so what we're doing as a church, as a, as a group of people, what we're trying to do 
at the children's home, you know, all the youngsters at the home are people that Jesus would stop and visit with. They're all, those are the people that, that Jesus would encounter and engage. And you know who else? Me. And you know who else? You. We were all engaged. Jesus came to every one of us that have professed faith in him and have given our lives to him and been baptized. Jesus has made that stop at our door. And he has engaged us and told us that, you know what? We were wretched, miserable, and blind before we met him. And now he's made it right. He's made it right for us. I hope that I, I hope that you have been able to see uh, what I was trying to get across as far as what Jesus does, has done, and always will do when he comes into a person's life. If you if you're here today and you feel like Jesus is encountering you, he probably is. But he's encountering you not for judgment, but for salvation. And so I, I would encourage you to think about what Jesus has done for all of us and what he will continue to do. So if you, if you want to make that commitment, then... One of the elders will be here if you would like to come while we stand and sing this song.